let's just like take a little journey in our minds. Let's travel back in time to the late 18th century. Let's go to France. Let's think about a time, you know, like nobody is flying. However, things are about to change because something has taken hold that is referred to as balloonomania. She is the first woman to pilot her own balloon. And she apparently was a favorite of Napoleon's. And he likes her so much, he names her the official aeronaut of festivals, as well as the chief air minister of ballooning. She's assigned to work on plans for a hot air balloon invasion of England. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and extraordinary women from history. I'm Sam Eggers. I'm Sarah Gorski. And I'm Chloe Skye. Uh, you guys, today I'm pretty excited to talk to you about this lady. Um, do you know Sophie Blanchard? Yes! You I do! Know that name. I know that name. Well, what about you, Chloe? No, that doesn't ring any bells. All right. So... She's just really fun. So I kind of just want to dive in. All right. Okay, just do it. Because do she's it. just going to make, she, I think she's going to make us all happy today. Um, so let's, I want you all, let's just like take a little journey in our minds. <laughs> let's travel, let's travel back in time. Let's go back to the late 18th century. Let's go to France. Let's think about a time, you know, like nobody is flying. Like the thought that humans would be in the air is an absurd thing. It, it doesn't even occur to you. You're like, people travel by boats and then people travel on land. You said 18th century? Late 18th century, yeah. So I like, think like, you know, so like 17, 1770s, 1780s kind of time, right? Mm -hmm. However, things are about to change because something that is referred to as balloonomania has taken hold. <laughs> hot air oh, balloons right. exactly. hot air balloons are invented exactly <laughs> balloonomania balloonomania oh. which to me is just so funny just the term's amazing but also amazing. really when you think about it of course it was amazing because humans nobody was flying and that there would be this contraption that you could put humans in and they would be that high up in the air was just like crazy to people. It was so crazy that apparently that peasants in the countryside would be terrified and that if these balloons would come down, sometimes they would be like, they would think it was something evil or something very bad and they would like <laughs> viciously tear apart the balloon, <laughs> like attack it. So... <laughs> Because you gotta That's love you gotta amazing. love the French peasant countryside. You gotta love it. Like what is this? Because <laughs> they were still scared of vampires at that point too. That's like, true. It's a it's a different time. Um, a different time. This is an alien invader. It just came down from the sky. <laughs> I, we're gonna kill it. Um, and so before I get into the broad, I just want to tell you like briefly about how the balloons kind of became a big thing because it's actually, it's kind of interesting. Apparently there's these two brothers called the Montgolfier brothers and they, um, <laughs> that's pretty they, good, Sam. Thank you. Your French, your French accent is pretty high good. school French. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently they were taking like sackcloth and taffeta and then they would 
put like boxes underneath it and then heat those boxes and they would go up. But nobody's in these things. This is like just the very beginning of them realizing you can heat, but there's a heat source underneath and it will lift the fabric. And so these things, they get, they get more and more refined. And Louis XVI sort of hears about it and he's super interested. And he's like, I have a great idea. Why don't you get some criminals and put them in the, in the box and send what? them up? and see what happens and see if they can survive it. Is this um, like, I'm like imagining some kind of like scene from Superman when they put him in the, the phantom zone and they like kick the crystal out to like the stars. That's what he thought he was doing, right? <laughs> well, and, and luckily the, the brothers are like, well, how about instead of humans, even though they're criminals, why don't we do like a sheep, a duck and a rooster? And so Louis's like, okay, fine. <laughs> So, this is the start of a riddle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, this is in 1783, and this is before Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette, and there's this crowd at the Palace in Versailles, and the Montgolfier brothers are there, and their, their chicken and their sheep and their duck are in the balloon, and it ascends, and this is like the first time that, hu that the humans have sent animals in a hot air balloon and it comes back the animals survive and everyone's like oh my god bring on the convicts um <laughs> uh, so we're ready for human testing we are ready so um so now so now to our our, our broad so um our dear broad is born marie madeleine sophie armand in france in 1778 um and so she is born just when all of this is really is really starting to take off and the and the mania has happened. And so she ends up marrying our, our Sophie Armand. We don't know much about her childhood, but she ends up marrying Jean-Pierre Blanchard, um, who's a middle-aged inventor. And he had made his first balloon flight in Paris when she was just five years old. So there and so she's like in her, she's like in her early 20s or something. There, there's a so there's a bit of an age difference. Um, but he is a, uh, he's what they call an aeronaut. So he's a, he, he flies balloons for a living. And I imagine he's like some kind of like rock star of the period. Uh, like kind of, but I think he thinks he's way more of a rock star than anyone else does. And, and he's kind of a tool. Like he had a first family, like a, fa a wife and some kids, but he left them because like they, for some reason, were not on board with his, you know, ballooning lifestyle. <laughs> And so he like leaves them and marries young Sophie. And for some reason, Sophie is described as being like nervous and sickly and having like really pointed features and just like being being like really scared. Like she's not described as uh, having a very like a strong constitution, right? Um, That's interesting. Right, exactly. So her husband, this guy, Jean-Pierre, he is flying and he's doing, he's trying to do all kinds of, like, he's trying to push the limits of, of, of ballooning. And so he joins forces <laughs> with this American doctor named John Jeffries. And the two of them, they become the first men to fly over the English Channel in a hydrogen balloon. Ooh. And so that's kind of a big deal. So he begins like touring Europe. And so he's like, you know, he's making money. And um, he does these special demonstrations and he'll charge admission. And so he gets, um, he gets in the balloons and you could see him fly. And for some reason, I'm so horrified by this, but also tickled. For some reason, he thinks it's a good idea that he will not only launch fireworks from his balloons, which sounds cool, 
but and very dangerous. <laughs> but he also thinks it's a good idea to attach parachutes to dogs and drop them out of the balloon. <laughs> it shows. It's just How many like, dogs died in his adventures? They did not give a number. I hope none of them. I just think these poor dogs had parachutes. Like they had to be terrified. Oh my god, it's horrifying and just so I'm just weird. falling. I'm just falling. <laughs> Do you know if they were like tiny dogs or big dogs? Like were they like chihuahuas or were they like? They must Great have been Danes. small dogs, right? I mean, I mean, they had to have been bigger than chihuahuas, or they might have just been carried away by the wind. <laughs> oh <my laughs> god, so sad. I don't know what. This like I don't like know, a like a French person. bulldog or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's he's a total dolt. You know. I cannot like, be with my family before I must be in the sky, dropping dogs from balloons. He's totally a tool, and apparently, like, he does like very like big quaffed hair, and a lot of people then that kind of becomes the fashion, and you're just like, ugh, this guy. And so, and poor Sophie, just the whole time is kind of like, you know, she's married to him, whatever. Um, but he's, he's like kind of an idiot, right? So he, he has like some malfunctions that he barely survives what he like, you know, like the balloon is about to, you know, be like carry him off and he has to cut the balloon off the basket and try to like parachute down. It turns out that he's like lied about something. So he tries, he tries to claim that he's the inventor of the balloon and the parachute, but you, he wasn't at all, even remotely. <laughs> Um, he then, he then decides he's going to establish the quote, balloon and parachute aerostatic academy. Um, but that like quickly fails. It doesn't work. Um, and then his partner that he used to travel with, um, and sort of who provided a lot of the finances, uh, accuses him of (laughs) claiming that, uh, that the husband Blanchard would, uh, put weighted girdles uh, in his in his clothes, and then he'd be like, "Oh, you know, it's just it's too heavy. You can't you can't get on the balloon with me." But it was because he was like putting weights in his clothes, so just like just kind of getting like really weird. Wait, um, the husband was doing this, or his partner, his business partner was doing the this? husband was doing this to try to like push the partner out, and so <laughs> it's very. It's like that's like such an absurd way to break up a business relationship. <laughs> well, this is an absurd human. This absurd human is also like, I know what will take the dogs. And they will parachute. Listen, listen, dude, it looks like you gained some weight. I, we cannot ride in the balloon together. <laughs> I guess you should, you, should, you should probably quit the business forever and yeah. go home. Like, it's just like R- Ron Burgundy level trying to it get is. you to quit your job. It is. I really hope this story, I hope Sophie becomes this like, Balloon. I, I just can't wait. What is she going to do? <laughs> okay, so... I'm in suspense. <laughs> so, at this point, things so things aren't actually aren't going well for Blanchard. He doesn't manage his money, of course. Bad of business course. ventures. They're going broke. Um, and so, at this point, he's like, maybe if I get my wife to fly with me, people will be like a flying female, and then that will bring back... You know, that'll help bring some money in. And so, um, like I said, pe- they've described her in so many awful ways. One place said she's small, ugly, and nervous. <laughs> oh, my it's God. Like, France wow. is so rude. Just the worst. Um, but <laughs> apparently, when she gets in the balloon, she feels like it's the first place she's ever been at home. She becomes incredibly, like, her nervous disposition's gone. And apparently, like, she was scared of loud noises and of being in a carriage. But she, like, loved being in a hot air balloon. And uh, so they start flying together. 
And this actually does work for a minute. People are kind of like, oh, look, there's a woman in there. How, you know, what a novelty. Um, and she's a, it's because she's an introvert. She doesn't like the noise. So when she's up there in the air, uh, far away from people. Oh, yeah, it's peaceful. It's like a, it's like a dream, right? This, this might be a, a crazy hypothesis, but it almost sounds like she might have or like be on the autism spectrum. Oh, maybe. Like... Uh, the, the pointed features and the social awkwardness and the I feel most at home in a balloon in the sky. Like all almost all of those traits are common amongst people on the spectrum. That's so interesting. I hadn't thought that of that. That's interesting. But I keep like I keep like sometimes with broads like this in my mind, I'm telling myself what the end of the story could be. And right now I'm like, does she push her husband out of the balloon? Please tell me she pushes her <laughs> husband. <laughs> but it's probably not going to be that. But that's well, what Sarah would like it to be in the screenplay. <laughs> well, this is what happens. So one time they're riding together and um, and uh, they're up there and something something goes wrong. This is 1809. And uh, Jean-Pierre apparently has a heart attack and falls over the edge of the basket. She so <laughs> I gotta tell you, one of my first thoughts when I read that was he didn't have a heart attack. That bitch pushed him out of the basket. <laughs> like, I she is a hero to us all. Wow. Um, and, and so this is so, so now she's she's a widow, and she has been left with his crippling debt. So he oh. has left her nothing. There's no money. It was he's just a mess, and it's just just debts. So now Sophie's got to she's got to do something. She has to you know she has to earn money somehow, and she has this skill where she can fly. And so um, she begins doing solo shows to pay off the creditors and to be, be able to have a life of her own. And so at this point, she is the first woman to pilot her own balloon. Yes! Yay, Sophie! Yay. I'm applauding her. I know, An right? An independent woman paying her husband's debts. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. The story of the ages. Exactly. Um, and so so the thing that she does too, so inside, aside from being the first woman to pilot it, she figures, she's like, you know what? My husband was an idiot, but he did have all those really cool pyrotechnic displays. And so she her she has these shows where she does like tons of like fireworks and pyrotechnics from the balloon. So it's super dangerous and people come watch and they're really into it. And she apparently was a favorite of Napoleon's. And he likes huh. her so much. He names her the official aeronaut of festivals as well as the chief air minister of ballooning. You guys, this is like 1810. Like what? I love it. And, and does she? So she does well, though. Then, right? Like, she sounds like she's very successful. She is. To she's killing it. She's famous. She's making money. Napoleon names her chief air minister of ballooning, and on top of that, because she's chief air minister of ballooning, she's assigned to work on plans for a hot air balloon invasion of England. Whoa! <laughs> that would have been hilarious and terrifying simultaneously right if that had if that had happened the movie would have been made a hundred times over it would have been incredible the balloons on the horizon My slowly coming down <laughs> it's just the slowest invasion you've ever seen just the slowest and most beautiful <laughs> um 
But my favorite part of the research was this section talking about her being assigned to work on these hot air balloon invasion plans is that it says at the end, she begins work on plans for hot air balloon invasion of England, but later determines it is not possible. <laughs> well, clearly. I mean, um, I could have told you that Napoleon for yeah. sake. <laughs> I keep picturing this scene like, like in It Follows, where you like have this like old person walking towards you. <laughs> but they keep walking towards you and that's the scariest part <laughs> because they're so slow you know what i'm talking about right chloe yeah i have no idea what you're talking about what's it follows it's this it's this horror movie about basically it's like a metaphor for stds <laughs> but like basically you or sleep sexual with, trauma in general yeah you it's like you sleep with somebody and you give them this haunting they're they're now haunted and what happens like when you're haunted is that like there's something following you always. And it like typically takes the, the form of like some middle aged to older person just looking at you, locking eyes with you and just really slowly walking towards you. Oh, that's horrible. But, but it's like really terrifying. <laughs> Honestly, I hated the movie. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm like picturing like this hot air balloon invasion of like, oh God, they're coming. <laughs> but slowly, but it's still scary, but it's, Slug. They'll be here in 12 hours. Scary. <laughs> we can shoot them down, right? <laughs> like, over the channel? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, anyway, don't watch that movie. It is not worth it. It's not okay. worth it this time. You know I can't do the scary movies. Yeah, I liked it, but whatever. <laughs> so um, after her planning the hot air balloon invasion, um, so when the monarchy is restored four years later after Napoleon, Louis Seventeenth names her the official aeronaut of the restoration. So she's totally, she's made a success. She's made a name for herself. And I love that she did everything that her stupid husband wanted to do that he didn't do well. Um, <laughs> and, <Yes>. on, <laughs> and like on top of that, she decides she wants to start traveling. So she makes these really long distant trips to Italy. She crosses the Alps. Um, and she gets really, oh. really kind of kooky. Like she says she likes to fly at night and she wants to be alone flying at night. She's like, she'll sleep in her balloon. Um, and so like once she passes out, she almost freezes to death after she ascends above Turin. She's, there's a hailstorm and she has to get above it and she like passes out. She almost dies. Um, once she's going over yeah. Naples and she almost drowns because she accidentally drops into a swamp. So oh like God. she's wow. like, she's, she's this like nervous you know, this nervous lady that everyone was like, oh, you know, she's nervous and she can't handle anything. She's like doing these crazy adventures. Oh, she just doesn't like people. That's exactly. what I think. She just hated, she loved the quiet. Yeah, she just wanted to get clouds. away. And so um, everything's great until July 6th, 1819. So this is where things take a turn. So she's performing at the Tivoli Gardens in Paris. And so she's 41, but they describe her as still young, sprightly, and amiable. Um, Does she still have pointed features, I wonder? <laughs> at this point, they've all rounded out. Everyone's very pleased. Um, and so um, in this act that she does, which she called like the Bengal Lights, apparently, she would light fireworks and drop them by parachute from the hot air balloon which just is like a terrible idea because i mean that's so it's just insane right and so of course the inevitable happens there's a flash there's a pop and everyone's like oh my gosh her balloon everything's on fire there's flames um and so she tries to make a landing and as she's coming down she so she starts so she cuts the basket right so that she can get out as, as she descends because it's on fire 
Um, and everyone, <laughs> everyone is like, she's going to make it. She's going to make it. But unfortunately, the basket hits the roof of a house and it topples over and she falls onto the street and, uh, and she dies. And so... Wait, she was just trying to like land in the basket. She wasn't even trying to like pull a parachute and fly, like... That wasn't said, actually very smart, girl. That was not very smart. I, I mean... I mean, well, I mean, maybe the basket had a parachute, but since it tipped over, she fell out and fell off a roof. That's hmm. a good point. Hmm. Um, and so, I mean, all, apparently all of Europe mourns her because... But of course, some people are like, well, you know, a balloon is no place for a woman. What did you expect? Like, you get you get that kind a of reaction no as well. A balloon is no place for a woman. I agree. <laughs> but what i love so she is buried in Père lachaise cemetery in paris and when she dies they give her a tombstone (laughs) i can't i feel terrible laughing about this but the tombstone shows her balloon in flames which I just find <laughs> so shocking. And, the, and apparently, <laughs> apparently the epitaph says, it reads, victim of her art and intrep- intrepidity. And I'm just like, what? Um, oh my wow. God. I have so, to say, you know, my favorite broad stories are the ones that are badass broads, but my second favorite stories are the, are the broads who had loser husbands <laughs> who succeed so wildly in the wake of their husband's death. Yes. <laughs> or possibly so because of their husband's death. Uh, she's well, great. Well, and so, uh, so in the end, um, and apparently too, this is sort of interesting as she mounted her balloon for the last time that at the Tivoli gardens, it is said that she said, let's go. This will be for the last time. So, oh. so then there's a question oh. that's like, well, then did she intentionally set the thing on fire? Like, I mean, I, that would have been almost awesome. I mean, dark, would, but awesome. Yeah. So it's a very, it's sort of a you mystery. You go out the way you want to go out. Yeah. And um, so her, so she is also known as being the first woman to be killed in an aviation accident, which is not exactly what you want to be known for. But... Um, there's also sort of, I, I've, there's, as I was digging and doing more research on her, there's sort of people, different people saying, well, actually, she maybe wasn't the first balloonist because maybe there was this countess or whatever who were on a tethered balloon somewhere else. And so there's like all of these, so all, there's sort of all of these conflicting reports of was there a woman in some kind of shape of balloon at some other time? Um, Why are they trying to create drama? Why can't we have two amazing female balloonists? Yeah. Exactly. Um, Let's support each other, ladies. I don't know know why when you said it was a countess, the first thing that came to my mind is Rachel Weiss's character from The Favorite. (laughs) She's just like, take me up in the balloon. Take me up now. (laughs) Um, And so... Anyway, so she's so she the story of her death, like I said, it ends up being sort of retold in a lot of it ends up being in uh, a lot of books and things like it's uh, in Jules Verne mentions her in in his uh, work Five Weeks in a Balloon. Dostoevsky mentions her. Uh, Charles Dickens does. There's um, uh, there's a story that a novel that was published in 2006 about her. 
apparently Felicity Jones plays a character that is in that movie, The Aeronauts, that came out, which I didn't see. Oh, I didn't either. But um, but apparently that was character terrible. was kind of inspired by her. It looked terrible. It did look terrible. It looked terrible. I'm also just like not the world's greatest Felicity Jones fan. So I'm I not either. I'm unmoved I'm, uh, to see it. Just... And isn't the isn't the guy in that Eddie Redmayne? Because yep. I'm like I'm not a fan of him at all anymore. I know. I'm just kind of like they need to. I, I just don't need to see them both together in things over and over and over again. Yeah, like, like I get it. You work together. You're friends. Yeah. Like, let's move on. <laughs> It's nice. It's really nice for you. Yeah. Theory of everything was terrible. Let's get over it. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. It was on. terrible. I mm-hmm. had like such hopes for that movie specifically. Yeah. And it was so disappointing. It was it so was. bad. And the Danish girl was offensive to me. <laughs> like, sorry. I don't know. But no, wait, that book is really good though. Yeah. Yes. The book of it is. I'll, like- re- I'll, I'll read the book. I haven't read the book. The movie just was like, wow, you're really telling this from a not accurate perspective at all it felt like it was very different for the book i saw the movie first and then i read the book and i felt like i was like oh these are very different things very different experiences the book is really hard to read it's heartbreaking okay all right i'll read the book then yeah it's an, unsur- an unsurprising twist of hollywood to have exactly. the movie be of not as great a caliber as the book <laughs> exactly right um, so anyway, you guys, that's Sophie Blanchard. I hope you enjoyed her. And I hope that the next time you see a hot air balloon, you think about her trying to work up an invasion of England. <laughs> it's going to be the only thing I think of. I love her. I love her. She's amazing. So what abroad. What uh, abroad. Well, thank you for joining us. And we will hope you will be back. Fuck it. <laughs> let's just end it put, a, put next a, week put another tag it's on over. it it's over come everyone. on come on back <laughs> my uh, husband and i wrote a short called dicky and b and that has been accepted into the los angeles liftoff festival which due to covid is completely online which is awesome mm. because that means that you can go online we can all watch it and you guys can Yay! all watch it and what's incredibly cool is that the festival is doing a pass. So you can pay a very small amount and you can watch like a week's worth of shorts and independent films and watch it all online. You can vote for things. So check out the Los Angeles Liftoff Festival. And also you can check us out at Dickie and B, which is D-I-C-K-I-E-A-N-D-B-E-A. If you are at all interested in checking out any of my other podcasts or other work on the internet, I have another podcast called Modern Eyes with Sky and Stone, which is a film review podcast where we look at movies from 10 or more years ago with modern eyes, which means we talk about race and gender and politics, and we try to modernize the film if it were to be remade today. I also have a podcast called Sky and Stone Do Television, which is our television review show. So far, we have covered Euphoria, Watchmen, and Lovecraft Country with more to come. And you can check out my blog where I write about being trans or uh, Star Trek or all, anything else that I happen to be thinking about at the, to- at the time, at the moment that I'm writing, uh, at ChloeJadeSky.com. If you like hearing me talk... <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a personal plug. Um, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Sarah Gorsky. That's S-A-R-A-G-O-R-S-K-Y. And I have a website, sarahgorsky.com too. I'm an actor. I do other podcasts and films and things like that. I've got um, the, my most recent short film, Stairs, is actually doing really great 
in the horror festival circuit right now. It's like a yeah. micro short. It's like three minutes long. And it's like me being stuck on the stairs. And it's kind of amazing. It's like an Escher painting. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> it's really fun. That sounds delightful. 